I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Chargers Lately. I am your host, Michael Peterson, and we have Thursday night football on tonight. It's Chargers at Vegas, their first game inside Allegiant Stadium, or also known as the Death Star. It's going to hopefully be one of those classical Chargers-Raiders interdivision rivalry games. Hopefully it's a shootout. Hopefully it doesn't end like the last game did. Uh, But at any rate, it's looking to be hopefully one of the most entertaining games left this season or of the entire season. The big thing about this game is the accompanying injury news, which uh, kind of dominates the headlines for this one. As far as the Raiders go in their injury report, they are going to miss four starters on the defensive side of the ball. Those people are safety Jonathan Abram, cornerback Damon Arnett, linebacker Nicholas Morrow, and defensive end Cleland Farrell. Now, coincidentally, they've lost one starter, or they will be without one starter, at each level of the defense, essentially, which is good for the Chargers offense. Now, looking at the injury report for the Chargers, this is where like that good news about those Raiders being out is kind of erased by the bad news when you look at the Chargers injury report. They've got quite a few players. Uh, it's as long as a CVS receipt. The players who are questionable are Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Chinanawosu, and Austin Eckler. As of Thursday morning, Adam Schefter reported that Allen and Williams are true game-time decisions, while Austin Eckler is expected to play tonight. Now, just before I started recording this, 
Adam Schefter once again reported that Allen is questionable, a game-time decision, but he downgraded Williams to not expected to play, and usually Schefter is pretty good on those predictions. So as of right now, Mike Williams is not expected to play. So if Keenan goes, it will be a repeat of last week's game, or earlier this week's game, uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, uh, doubtful, it looks like the team will be without Denzel Perriman for another game. And the other player who was doubtful is Nasir Adderley. Now, he got a little banged up in the Falcons game. That's why Lynn said he was benched, although most of us think that Nasir Adderley was benched because of... Uh, you know, his bad pursuit angles, his his uh, consistency of knocking interceptions out of the hands of his other teammates, and overall just being kind of detrimental to the defensive effort. So I'm not terribly surprised to see he's doubtful. If he's injured whatsoever, there's no point in, in putting him out there in, in worse shape than he already is. And then out this week is Brian Bulaga and linebacker Mekki Ekbele. Uh, the, this whole... Trey Turner, Brian Bulaga saga, man, has been super tough to see, super tough to deal with because they were two very big bright spots, these signings in the offseason, but neither have played more than half the snaps this year. Um, it's just tough to see. So Brian Bulaga's out once more. Storm Norton will likely get the start there or Trey Pipkins. I mean, Norton hasn't been much better than Pipkins. I think he's been a little bit better, so I expect him to get the start, but either or, you know, is serviceable, quote unquote. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking like here. If Williams isn't able to go, and if Keenan Allen, who is struggling with a hamstring injury, is not able to go, then all of a sudden this offense looks like Jalen Guyton, Teron Johnson, KJ Hill, and, and maybe even Joe Reed. But when your top two wide receivers are out, I'd expect Austin Eckler to get a huge bump in his targets more so than he usually gets. Hunter Henry, hopefully he's looked too early and often. Donald Parham. Uh, you know, Kalen Balaj will be out there as well. Justin Jackson. There's still plenty of guys who can who can get targets, um, but I, it would just be a pain because then you're looking at Justin Herbert. You know, needing three more touchdowns to break Baker Mayfield's rookie touchdown record, and without Allen and Williams, especially Allen, uh, you wonder. You know, will they be rushing these touchdowns in, or will they be able to find a way to to get Herbert uh, progress towards this record? Um, but either way, this is going to be interesting to see just how many players the Chargers will be without on offense this week. Now, looking forward at this Oakland team, uh, since the last time we played them, their offense has gotten a bit better. So they are the 14th ranked offense, 369 yards per game, 14th passing offense with 251, and the 12th ranked rushing offense with 118 yards per game. The Chargers, their defense ranks ninth in the NFL with 337 total yards allowed per game. Uh, the Oakland offense is actually the 11th highest scoring offense in the NFL. They average 27th per game, while the Chargers allow 28 per game. So not the best uh, matchup there. But defensively, Oakland is only the 25th rated offense, 384.2 yards allowed per game. Uh, the 25th passing defense, they allow 256 per game. And the 25th rushing defense, they allow 128 yards per game. And, and, and point-wise, they allow over 30, 30.1 points per game. That is the second-to-last worst scoring defense in the NFL. Now, you're looking at the Chargers' offensive stats. Eighth-ranked offense, 383 yards per game. Um, at the same time, they are only 22nd in average points scored per game at 22.8. Now, you'd like it to be 
a good game for the Chargers for them to kind of bounce back offensively. Obviously, that donut they put up against the Patriots knocked down their average points per game. Um, so, the, you know, you can't look too into it that much. They were usually around 25-26 for most of this season. Um, as far as the Chargers, like passing and rushing splits, because I'm sure you guys want to hear that, uh, they're averaging 270 yards passing per game. That is good for fourth in the NFL. Rushing, still not that great. Um, if the Vegas is 12th, then the Chargers are 13, The 17th best rushing offense, they average 112.6 per game. Now, uh, again, this looks like it could be a shootout. Two top offenses, I mean, both in the top 15, obviously Chargers being in the top uh, 10. But with the point spread, like, you know, this is going to be a game where the Chargers are going to have to break their bad offensive tendencies where they get into the red zone, they're going to have to score. No more settling for field goals. No more settling for Michael Badgley potentially missing these field goals and leaving points off the board. He's missed, I want to say, what is it, 10 kicks now? Six field goals, four extra points or something like that. He's left off, I want to say, roughly 21, 24, 22, somewhere around that region, uh, points off the board, which could have swung, obviously, a couple of these Chargers games, right? How many of them came down to one-score games? Badgley, like, single-handedly, and I know it doesn't work that easily, like, take all his missed points, average them out, put them across all the scores. You know, yeah, maybe the Chargers come away with, with one or two, three more wins this season. Um, and obviously, we can't overlook the, the detrimental, uh, the the morale-losing effect of his kicks, right? Like, how good this offense is between the 20s. And to come away with zero points so many times to finally score touchdowns and then only come away with six points instead of seven is a huge like blow, just a huge blow to the morale of this team. And that can't be understated. Uh I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, we're going to go ahead and look at my three keys to victory. Go ahead and finish this thing out real quick. Kind of quick and dirty episode, right? I should have had this out last night or done before this morning. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, when sometimes you just need to spend time with your wife and make or and, and get some tacos and enjoy that, sometimes it's okay to put off a little bit of work. So looking at this week's three keys to a Chargers victory over the Raiders 2.0 version, um, it goes like this. Number one, stay true to Justin Herbert and the offense. So this one doesn't have to be complicated. In their first matchup against the Raiders, Herbert completed 28 of 42 passes for 326 yards and a pair of touchdowns while rushing for another 24 on five carries. His day included another 55-50-yard bomb excuse me, to Teron Johnson, and both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams combined for 184 receiving yards and a score on the day that came from Allen. The run game was actually pretty efficient in that one. Uh, it allowed the offense to actually be kind of put out one of their more balanced performances this season. They totaled 440 total offensive yards across their 10 total drives. I mean, that's a good average, right? That's not too shabby. The recipes for success shouldn't be any different this time around. 
like the Raiders pass rush is still very underwhelming right now they only have 15 sacks to their name it's tied for 31st in the NFL and their pass defense like I already told you is not that good they've allowed the eighth most passing yards in 2020 and the same goes for the rushing defense they've allowed the eighth most yards on the ground and they're tied for the worst mark in the NFL with allowing 21 rushing touchdowns this season it's not a good defense the Raiders do not have a good defense and the Chargers' eighth-ranked offense needs to take advantage of this matchup by doing exactly what has made the offense so successful this year, and that starts with Justin Herbert. It starts with Max protecting, taking deep shots, working off the play action, making life easier for him. And again, that still means rolling him out, sprinting out, play action, uh, using the zone read, the read option every once in a while. I mean, Shane Steichen this week, we kind of asked him about it. He said part of it is obviously kind of protecting your quarterback a little bit. The other part is just going with game script. You know, if they feel like uh, it's not a good idea that the defense more than likely will play Herbert in certain situations and packages that they roll out, they're not going to risk him or at least give him the option to potentially run it. So I don't know. Again, they need to get back to letting Herbert kind of do his thing, and that includes doing what he does does best, pardon me, and that's potentially running the ball sometimes. Secondly, point two, uh, give Rayshon Jenkins more snaps at free safety. Now, especially with Nasir Adderley potentially being doubtful this game and not playing, Rayshon Jenkins will probably see some time at free safety because if he's not in, who are your other options? Jalila Dai, Alohi Gilman, those are not free safety types whatsoever, right? I don't know if that means Jalen Watkins sees some snaps as well. If anything, I think the better option would be Rayshon Jenkins, go to free safety. Jalila die, go out strong. And I know that's weird, but a die deserves benefit of the doubt. He had a crucial pick against the Falcons, right? Like he might actually be a better football player than he was the first time he played with the Chargers. Time will tell on that one, however. So after 13 games, it's kind of apparent that Adderley isn't who we thought we'd be getting at least this early in his career. Uh, you know, he suffered from a lack of training camps and other offseason work, and, and it's just not terribly surprised to see that uh, he's struggled. But I've always felt that Nas was like a natural player of the position, right? Like, he, it's not some guy who needs a ton of effort and, and reps and stuff. He's just a football player. Like, put him in the position, he'll go out and make those types of plays. Unfortunately, this just hasn't been the case with him. Adderley, he struggled with pursuit angles. Uh, he picks wrong when forced to make decisions on the back end of the defense. He needs to be a much better cleanup tackler at free safety. It's what the Chargers defense needs out of that position, that single high guy. And he's just not trustworthy at this point. He's been the reason for numerous dropped interceptions, including a couple times with uh, Casey Hayward. And and in this past game, uh, I think it was Hayward again. Like it happened, they collided, a pick fell to the ground, and Hayward was visibly upset with Adderley. So I'm just, it's tough to see that over and over and over again. Uh, This week, Anthony Lynn told the media that Jenkins is, quote, our best strong safety right now, and and that forces the team to roll with Adderley at free, and he's also said that those two create their best duo, at least at safety as of right now. So, like, that we understand. Obviously, Doc could see some more playing time at strong while Jenkins spends some time back deep, Um, but I just doubt this happens much against a Raiders team that wants to tote the rock the majority of the time. Uh, Despite that assumption, I still think it's worth a shot. Jenkins being able to help cover Raiders tight end Darren Waller uh, you know, over the top, instead of him getting beat as a lone man in coverage, sounds a lot better to me. Because if you, if you guys remember last week's or last 
game against the Raiders, Darren scored, Darren Waller scored in the red zone against Rayshon Jenkins as like the man in coverage. And Rayshon Jenkins is not going to cover a tight end at 6'6", 250 all by himself. That's just not how that works in the NFL. Darren Waller is way too good of a player uh, for Jenkins to be one-on-one with. Lastly, this is just wishful thinking. Still, get Chenin Owosu on the field. This week, when I asked defensive coordinator Gus Bradley about Nuosu's lack of snaps in recent weeks, he essentially stated that they believe Nuosu is at his best when he gets between 25 and 30 snaps a game. That number tells us that they view Nuosu as a situational slash like rotational pass rusher and not someone they view as, you know, what could be the eventual replacement for Melvin Ingram. It doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, like Nuosu is second on the team with four and a half sacks. He's accomplished that while playing around 39-40% of the defensive snaps this year. And this all comes in a year where they continue to trot out Ingram despite him failing to register a single sack or tackle for loss before his season ended due to an injury. That's insane. Melvin Ingram, elite athlete, confident as all hell, alien because he's so rare of a person. Melvin Ingram, no sacks, no tackles for loss. He was set to have career lows essentially across the board. $14 million down the drain in 2020. Probably one of the worst things the Chargers could have done this season was keep him. That's another story. This pass rush has almost nothing to it outside of Bosa, and the team has decided to use Jerry Tillery and Isaac Rochelle over Nuosu these past five to six weeks. Tillery has three sacks on the year but has even more penalties from a lack of discipline. Rochelle is serviceable, but he doesn't move the needle in any direction. Just get your best players on the field. It is sometimes just that simple. If Nuosu shows he can do anything against the run, then I understand, like, I don't know. If, if I guess let me put it this way. If Nuosu shows he can't do anything against the run, then I understand wanting to put bigger bodies up front. However, until that's like the case, until you put Nuosu out there and he's a liability against the, the Raiders rushing attack, then I just think you need to let him hunt the quarterback with Bosa. I don't know. It's It sounds so simple to me, but apparently not for, for some. But anyway, that's what I got for my three keys to victory over the Raiders this week. Um, guys, I'm excited. It's going to be a good game. It's the only game on TV tonight. Chargers under the lights in a brand new stadium have the potential to break their AFC West losing streak. Um, they have lost, what is that, six, seven, eight, nine straight right now. A loss tonight, man, saying you've lost 10 straight in the division. God, that's Mike McCoy territory. That is not something we thought we were going to get with Anthony Lynn, especially not during his first two seasons. Injuries be damned. This can't happen. And I think, again, if he loses out, you know, I I think his job's done for anyway. I think he's fired as of now. No matter what happens, I think he's fired at the end of the season. But losing these few games is only going to add to the the negative blemish that was these past two seasons, especially on his resume when he tries to look for any sort of a job near a head coach, right, going forward. Anyway, guys, that does it for today's show. Like I said, quick and dirty preview, um, going over the injuries, what those may mean, what tonight's Chargers team may look like when they take the field. 
Um, it's going to be really interesting. Raiders lost some players. Unfortunately, the Chargers couldn't capitalize on this short week, especially losing what looks to be multiple starters going into this game. Regardless, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun game. Anyway, guys, as always, if you don't follow me on Twitter yet, you can follow me on Twitter at Zone Tracks. That's spelled Z-O-N-E-T-R-A-C-K-S. Uh, follow all my written work at boltsfromtheblue.com. I'm sure you already do. It's probably where you found this uh, podcast as well. I always appreciate the love. I appreciate the listens. You guys are so kind, generous. Uh, you guys speak your minds, and I, I love that about you guys, especially when it comes to anything critically, criticism about me, the show, anything I do. We're all getting better together. So anyway, guys, I'll see you later tonight. Enjoy the day. Let's get to some football already. I'll talk to you guys later this week.